Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for season two, episode four, as we chat about how we price our work for the illustration market and for fine art. And we'll also be answering some of your questions on pricing too. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. Great to be able to speak to you again. And you. Today, we are going to be continuing on from last episode when we talked about contracts and we touched on pricing and how to price work. So today we're going to chat in depth on how we price our work. For me, I'll be probably focusing on the illustration side, but you'll be focusing on the fine art side. So we are going to cover, I think, a lot of ground together. (laughs) Let's hope so. (laughs) So should we start with you, Natasha, how you price your work for fine art? Well, when I started, I found that pricing was really a very difficult thing and um, and I wasn't really sure how to go about it. So I probably, I think at that stage, did it because I hadn't sold, you know, much work previously. I kind of worked it out so that I would give myself a half decent hourly rate for the pieces. Um, but once you start selling, number one is I price the work partially on um, what it sold for before. If I'm working on something similar and that piece before has sold for, I don't know, £150, then I will take that into consideration. And I will also raise my prices a little bit every now and again. So they don't have like a big jump. So just every few months or every year, just raise them a little bit. And just so they gradually go up, because I think as you become more established and your work becomes perhaps more in demand, the prices should reflect that as well. So don't be tempted to do, I would say, not to do a massive jump in pricing because that will really confuse people. I think they they understand and they will trust you more if it just goes up gradually. And I think people expect it to go up as well. It would be strange if it stayed at the same rate, you know, for years and years and years. I also take into account the size of the piece and the level of detail as well, because obviously some pieces are much more detailed and time-consuming than others. So I kind of go by size, but then I'll also adjust it. So if we have two pieces, for example... Say they both measure 12 by 12 inches. They're both on canvas and they both measure 12 by 12. It could be that one has taken me two days to complete and one's just taken me a day. So I will charge a little bit more for the one that takes more time. What about um, materials? Because you work on canvas, but you also now work on paper. So do you have a difference in in price then, depending on what you are working on? Definitely, yeah. I price more highly for the pieces on canvas. So the equivalent size on paper would be cheaper than the painting on canvas, purely because I find that a lot of the time it takes me longer to paint on canvas. There are often many more layers of paint So that layering aspect of it takes quite some time. And the materials involved, um, the 
the paint and the canvas themselves, it's much more expensive than just um, paper and paint. So, yeah, I have to take that into consideration too. Yeah, you also create work on pebbles and also books. So, again, those are unusual <laughs> yeah. things to work on. I just wonder, again, how do you price for those? Like, do you have like a, a figure that you have in mind? I, I kind of do. Yeah, when I started out, I was very unsure how to price these and so I guess a little bit of that was done on a sort of per hour basis so I would you know that's that's a good way probably of pricing those type of things until of course then you become more yeah when you become more known for say painting on books or stones and you have sold several of those items before you you then know what they sell for and if they're selling too quickly it often is a sign not only that the pieces are in demand but also that they may be priced a little bit too low so it's probably a good idea to raise the prices and I've been doing that a little bit with the stones over the past couple of years especially if you go back to say I don't know 2018 a piece that I was selling for maybe £22 is now more like high 30s or £40. I did raise those quite a lot because I think I was really underselling those, <laughs> undervaluing them. Yeah. And so that this is the thing with art pricing. It's very difficult to know how to get it right. So all I can say is that I priced them at a certain level um, they were selling incredibly well and I couldn't keep up with demand. So I and I knew the time and effort that I was putting into them and the, the fact that it had taken me years to get to that level of skill. So I knew they should be priced um, higher than they were. So I basically just over a couple of years, just raised the prices slightly. Kind of each time I would release sort of a new batch of stones, a new collection, I would raise the prices a little bit and then a little bit more. And I think I'm at a level now where I feel like I'm actually getting the amount for them that I should be getting, <laughs> which I probably should have been charging a, a while ago, yeah. You've talked about originals, how you price for originals. What about when you're pricing for prints? You have to take into account a few different factors. So you have the size, you have the quality of the print, so whether it's just like a very basic poster kind of print or whether it's a more expensive fine art print with archival inks and archival paper and whether it's a limited edition or open edition. So um, for those who don't know, a limited edition print is a print run that is limited in terms of the number of prints that will ever be produced from that design. So it could be 50, it could be 100, it could be 500, it just depends. An open edition is when the artist makes an unlimited number of the prints. So the open edition prints are always going to be cheaper. What about when people commission you? Is that going to be, again, a different pricing structure for you? Yeah, I mean, I used to charge the same for commissions as I did for the work I produce normally, just for myself and, and then put in my shop or, or sell through an exhibition or whatever. But um, I've recently decided to start charging a little bit more for commissions because of the extra work involved. 
And I think that's probably a very wise thing to do because there can be a lot of back and forth with commissions. You do a lot of um, extra emailing and you're perhaps sending photos and you're keeping them updated. And um, you're also taking into account the person's wishes for the piece of artwork. Sometimes they're happy for you to just have free reign and to do whatever you like. And those are always the best commissions. <laughs> and I think often they're the, they're the ones that turn out the best as well because you're allowed to have that creative freedom and make the decisions for yourself, which is how I would normally work when I'm just working on things for myself. But yeah, I think if you're if you're having to take into account exactly what they want and sometimes you you have to send a kind of rough sketch as well you know just so they can sign it off and say yes this is this is what I want and you know this is how I want this piece to look yeah there's that extra work so I think it's important to just charge a little bit more just so you're covering that do you put an edit a limit of edit no I haven't done because I haven't really needed to not for private commissions I don't have a contract but what I do is I charge a deposit I, I um, ask for a deposit of 25% before I start on the work so that means that the people can't back out halfway you know you're we're working on the commission you haven't taken any money for it and they suddenly change their mind and don't want it then you know it it really would. It, I mean, I guess you could sell the work as long as it wasn't a really personal piece. You could sell the work um, anyway. But it's always best to take a, a deposit, I think. And I settled on 25% because that seemed quite fair before I start the work. And then I ask for the remainder um, of the payment once the painting is complete. And I've sent them a couple of photos and they've seen it and they're happy with it. And yeah, and that seems to work for me. There are definitely not as many edits as when you're working on illustration work. So it might just be, oh, could you just alter this? Or And often I won't even have to do a sketch beforehand. You know, it's just talking through the ideas and getting a very clear image of, of the type of work um, that they like already. So they'll send me some examples of my work. And um, so we refer to those and we see which elements and which colours they like. And then I go from there, yeah. Are there any other points to include in this section there are many factors that come into play when you're pricing artwork but I think really you have to be comfortable and I think instinctively you know if something is priced too low or too high so for me it is a, a lot about instinct and and what I feel that piece is is worth yeah and I think you gain that actually through your experience as well as you um, become more of a master as well in your field I think you I think you do kind of gain that knowledge definitely yeah okay so I'm gonna talk a little bit about pricing for some illustration markets and this is kind of gonna be based on a combination of things it's be based on my experience and actually working for these markets but it's also I've got my trusty book the illustrator's guide to law and business practice by simon stern we mentioned that book on last episode and that's produced by the aoi um so the info that i'm going to give you is a combination and hopefully it will be <laughs> info that will be helpful for you when you're thinking about pricing for different markets and we'll start with greetings cards 
You can expect to receive the lowest amount of money for licensing greetings cards. For some reason, I don't know why they're priced so poorly, but you can probably expect a flat fee between 125 to 250 for a design. It does, I mean, it will vary on maybe which country you're based in as well. America always seemed to do better um, for paying than the UK. So if you can get a greetings card company based in America to license your designs, you'll probably find that the fee will be higher than in the UK. Sometimes you can also expect to receive royalties as well when you're doing greeting card designs. I know I've got that arrangement actually with uh, an American greeting card producer at the moment. Um, They paid me in advance and then I receive royalties each, every six months on greetings cards that I produce for them about three years ago now. Oh, that's brilliant. So you get paid twice in a way, don't you? If you had the, an advance and then the royalties as well. This yeah, is so if the cards did reach the advanced fee, um, sometimes that doesn't happen. But if it does, then you can then expect to receive royalties afterwards. Yeah, probably royalties actually with greetings cards is the place where maybe you could make money if they keep selling your designs. Okay, the next market area, magazines. This will be like editorial work. And again, prices vary depending on how big the magazine is, what their distribution is. So you can expect though to be paid covers, can come in and vary from 400 up to 1,000. Inside illustrations, less than full page. These could probably be spots as well. They can go from 120 up to 500. These prices seem very good, can I say? I've never been paid this much. (laughs) This is an education. (laughs) And then a full page inside illustration can go from 300 up to 800. But it all depends on, again, the size of the magazine. What is their print run? What is the distribution? And also what's the usage? I mean, it may just be for the month, probably is just for the month that they're going to be using it for. I quite like working for magazines because you do the work for them, you get paid, and then after a month you can reuse that work or do something else with it. The only downside, I guess, about working with a magazine is sometimes you get really, really tight deadlines. And you have to turn around the work very fast. If you like working fast and you can, then yeah. <laughs> it's great. Should we go on to book covers? Okay, so again, they vary depending on the publisher. You would can expect from 400 to, again, 1,000 for a book cover. If you are working with self-published author, it probably will be less. You see, I would think that book covers should be more than magazine covers. But it's actually around the same, isn't it? Yeah. done a few book covers, but 400, it seems to be around that mark. Can I say that there are a lot of magazines out there who are offering a lot less than these prices that Melanie is stating? (laughs) (laughs) If only it was this wonderful... (laughs) I mean, some of them, yes, I have been paid 
these prices, but not all of them. No, and I think they try to get away with a lot less a lot of the time. I think sometimes you have to just go for it and just say, well, no, this is how much you can expect. Yeah, I'm much more capable of doing that now because I don't really care whether I get the job or not. <laughs> because I, I find I make more money just doing my own thing. Yeah, but that's the right mind frame to be in, actually. If you're like really desperate, you may then not ask the proper price or not this is because yeah, this you is really true. want the work so you're a you feel like you could go in lower but it, but the thing is then you're undercutting yourself yeah and it can only go <laughs> downwards from there because if everyone does that then the prices will just drop and drop won't they yeah and it comes into that thing that we talked about um where you know should you work for free or should you work for low um pay because like you were saying, if you're more desperate for the work, you're more prepared to accept a low fee um, in the hope that it's going to lead on to something else. But I think that we really, as illustrators, need to value our work and we need to stand firm. Educational books. So, yeah, it's not so good as this market, educational books, because sometimes you're asked to produce a load of work for next to nothing so so I'm I'm getting my information here from the book and they say about 300 to 500 per double page spread seems to be normal although the worst that they've come across was 50 pound per page which is probably where where a lot of them are <laughs> we're expecting yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think you're quite optimistic if you are getting 300 to 500 to be honest, yeah, for an educational like book. Yeah, that sounds it? quite good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, children's picture books. Oh, yes, I'm curious to know about this one. It, well, it should be more than educational books. Yeah, I think you're mostly paid with an advance and then royalties. That's what it's saying here. What are they saying the advance is? Uh, so the advance should be between 3,000 and 5,000, sometimes more. But I guess be aware that the book may not sell enough copies to earn anything more than the advance. Yeah. And if you're working on an entire book, that doesn't sound like very much, does it? No. I mean, if the book does well and you then get royalties as well. Yeah, if you... It's better. Exactly. Mm. I mean, if, if you do produce a book that is a bestseller, then you could probably make quite a lot on the royalties. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I I know it's a lot of work. You may expect more than that, and maybe you should expect more than that. Maybe uh, I think you should closer to seven, seven thousand, seven to ten, maybe. Definitely, yeah. I wouldn't do it for any less than that. This is why I think illustrators need to concentrate on coming up with their own designs and then then putting them onto products themselves and selling them through their own shops. <laughs> this is like, so just basically just do stuff for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I do think that. I think I, I know that for, for sure I make more money doing my own thing than I've ever made through doing illustration jobs. This is why I'm not that bothered about them anymore because I just know that if I if I make my own work and I put it in the shop and I make prints from my work, I make much more money that way. Yeah, I've worked on a similar market, which not children's picture books, but um, a recipe book and shared with three other illustrators and we got paid probably three, three grand each and we had to produce probably about 60... To 70 spots 
But I mean, if you think about it, that was for one book, but because there were four illustrators working on it, we had to share that work out. If it was one illustrator, they may have been paid 12 grand, but they would have had to have made 240 spots. Wow. And what's a spot, Mel, for people who don't know? Um, Like a vignette. So um, it's normally free-floating, like an image. Right. Um, So like, say, a lemon on its own. It's like a standalone illustration. okay. So when that would make sense with the with the recipe book or food related books because you'd have lots of spots yeah. around the text. So it's right. not it's not like a a whole you wouldn't class it as a whole page or even a half page. It would be spot is your smallest or is the smallest measurement. Right, okay. Yeah. So it may not take actually that long to do a spot. Mm, yeah, depending on what it yeah. is. Yeah. And if you know the style that you're working in, they can be quite quick to get out. In which case it's not that badly paid. Yeah. Really. If it was like yeah. full pages, like double page spreads, and you were doing 60 mm. to 70 for 3,000, then that wouldn't be a great deal how about we do packaging oh yeah let's do packaging okay so again there's a big variation depending on the manufacturer and the size of their company and the impact where their food is going to be sold through um there's lots of things to consider so again for a small vignette for like a frozen fish pack you could be expected to be paid 250 300 and then you could have maybe a wrap for tea packaging, like a full colour wrap around tea. Then you should be expecting to be paid maybe 800 to to 1000 Something more complicated, like an Easter egg, maybe 1500 Yeah, with, with packaging as well, I find that, again, it, it all depends on the copyright as well, because some clients will expect to have full copyright Yes, and so they should be paying more highly for that. They should be. There's also brochures and other below-the-line publicity. Lots of bargaining in this area and negotiating. Um, (laughs) Which is always such fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love nothing more. (laughs) So we've got typical brochure cover fees would be 400 to 1,200. That's quite a big... That's a big range, that. Yeah, can't they narrow it down? No, this is like, that, that's massive. Um, inside, inside illustrations can range from, again, 250 to 1,000. So, again, that's a big range as well. But in general, it's maybe a bit better paid than magazine work. It's going to be hard, actually, to work out your prices because it all depends on the client that you're working for and, and how big they are and who they are. And you do have to negotiate at times as well. I know I've had to negotiate. Yeah, don't necessarily just accept the first figure they give you. OK, another thing as well for reuse fees. So there's a little bit in the book about that. And I've also had to give people reuse fees and if, say, someone wanted to use, like I did a map and they're using it in their brochure, so I'd give them a fee for that and say, like, it was for three years and then that three years is up and then, like, oh, I want to use that 
map again for another three years, then I may then give them a discount, so 75% or 50%. So you will probably be asked about reuse fees and you'll have to think about how you negotiate that yourselves. Yeah, in the book it kind of says that there's no generally accepted practice on it. So so some people might just, just do the whole amount, you know, and just know it's a cost this amount and to relicense it, it will cost the same again. Yeah, that's been my experience um, in in certain jobs I've done, yeah. If you want the highest amount, though, the highest fee, if you want to go for the big figures, then get into advertising because that is where you're going to make some money. Oh. Go for billboards, posters. Oh, wow. <laughs> then you're, you can look at probably thousands uh, so if it's on a site, then maybe, you know, 4K, 5K, a national campaign. But yeah, advertising is probably where you will make more money. This is really interesting and very helpful for people as well, I think. Because I think most of us have no clue what we should be charging or what we should be getting. And so it's good to have some kind of guideline. But I think like a little bit of common sense and using your instinct as well. And if something feels wrong, if it feels like you're being paid too low, then, you know, you need to negotiate or just not do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the best frame of mind sometimes to be in is that are you willing just to say no? Because that will probably mean that you are in a better position because you will charge a reasonable rate. You need to value yourself. Um and I, I think if you do, that clients actually do respect that. And sometimes I just I don't know whether I've said this in a previous podcast, but it's something I've been thinking about recently. It can sometimes look if you, you know, follow other illustrators online and you see all the different jobs they're taking on and the different things they're doing. It can look like they're incredibly busy and they have these amazing careers, but you don't know that they're not taking on that work for a very low fee. And this is why they're getting all of that work. And some of the people who look like they're doing less are actually the ones who are like, no, I'm not going to work for that amount of money. So they just don't take on the job. So it's, it's interesting, the perception of, you know, you look at somebody and see them as being very successful. But it, it could be a bit like uh, the phrase you used earlier, kind of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good phrase. <laughs> Definitely, mm. yeah. Hopefully that has been helpful. I know in the last episode we, we went over how you would charge. So again, if you're unsure, just go back to that episode and have a listen. I think that will help you price your work. And also, as I keep saying, the AOI are very helpful. If you join them, they will give you pricing help. And there are resources on their website. But also if you come up with a job and you just need to be able to calculate a fee there is a fee calculator on their site so you can put in the details and it will give you a suggested fee especially if you're starting out and you're not used to the market I find it a lot easier to price for something that I've done a lot of times because I kind of know what the going rate would be but say like I need to price for a market I'm unfamiliar with then then I would definitely look to find out what is the going rate and I think um, AOI would be good 
and also maybe asking some other artists or illustrators who work in that field what would you charge for this I know some people are a little bit reluctant to share that kind of information but I think if we were all a bit more open about it it would help us all shall we now look at some of the questions that have been sent in from our listeners and see if we can answer them Yeah, let's do that. Well, one of the questions we got asked was, how do you price originals? So we've already kind of covered that in the first part. Um, I thought this one was an interesting question. Should we take into consideration our emotional attachment to a piece when pricing it? Now, I kind of think that we should. I know there have been some pieces that I'm more attached to, and I have price them a little bit, not massively, but a little bit higher because I've been very attached to them and I'm like, I'm not going to let this piece go for any less than X amount. So I have actually done this um, because occasionally you will paint something create or create something that you, you feel is, I don't know, in some way special. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would say that you possibly should because you will know the price you are comfortable with you know to let that piece go off to its new home what do you think Mel well I was going to ask the question should you be selling it (laughs) yeah this this is another yeah this is a good question because if you are really attached to something then you possibly shouldn't I kind of feel though that I make work to so that it can go and enhance someone else's life I can't keep the you know there are so many pieces I would have kept in the past that I've produced over the years and I just I don't know I would run out of space you know and it's it's kind of nice that those those pieces go off to a new home where they're loved and where they enhance somebody else's life that's kind of kind of the point in producing yeah, art isn't exactly it? to kind yeah. of share it yeah yeah. yeah, you've got to, are you a business or are you just doing it for yourself? Yeah, I think it would be different if you were doing it as a hobby rather than as a business. Yeah, I do know that when I'm painting pieces, it's like I know that I'm going to have to part with this. It's just sometimes it's harder than others. OK, so another question. Should pricing as a beginner be lower compared to when you're more established? Definitely, yeah. When you're starting out, you don't necessarily already have that um, fan base or the the following the collectors that want to to buy your work so I think you know value yourself but yeah as a beginner it, it should be lower because you haven't had many years to um, perfect your practice and and I feel like you know you will become better at things as you go along and so the price should really reflect that so I'd say my work used to be priced much more um cheaply when I first started out yeah I'm just thinking that's definitely in the fine art world and I think in illustration you should should still start at a reasonable level as in yeah so that you're not completely undermining the whole industry (laughs) but but I think like yeah it's starting at a reasonable amount then you've got room to go up as well haven't you as you become more experienced and 
you know, quicker at turning around and, and being able to produce something that a client wants. Yeah, yeah. so someone who's had like 20 years experience in illustration should be charging more. I think they should. I think it's like in any job, as you become more experienced in that line of work, you you your salary goes up, doesn't it? So I think it's the same for illustrators and for artists, yeah. So the next one was, do you price by the hour, the size, the expenses, all of the above? I'd say for me, all of the above. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas I price per project and the usage, the usage of the work. So with illustration, it's more of a price by job rather than price by hour, you'd say. Because that was another one of our questions here, wasn't it? So it's very similar to do you price by the hour? The yeah, same and we've said, we've said it so many times, haven't we, about like if you're pricing per hour, then the less experience you have, the longer you take. So you'll earn more than if you are very fast and you know what you're doing. You won't earn as much, which seems to be counterintuitive. <laughs> it does. Yes, did you price your work cheaper when you first started selling? That's very similar to should pricing as a beginner be lower? And I said, yes, I definitely did price my work cheaper when I first started selling, yeah. Because there wasn't the same level of demand as well as well as my inexperience. Yeah, and I, I did price my work probably far too low, really, to begin with. But then that is a little bit of uh, naivety and inexperience mixed in together. <laughs> and, and and then clients not maybe understanding the value of things either. But when you realise, actually, you need to pay bills, you need to be able to make an income... Uh, and your business viable you have to charge proper rates or cost your work appropriately so somebody asks here is an hourly rate the best way to go plus materials this is one way that you could do it actually um certainly in the fine art world but you need to choose an hourly rate that's a reasonable rate and not undersell yourself so you definitely need to factor in materials costs because when you're working as a fine artist, materials, art materials are very expensive a lot of the time. So you definitely need to take that into consideration. So you could do it like that where you do an hourly rate plus materials. That's one way of doing it. But just make sure that you don't undercharge for your hourly rate. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is, though, if you spend like 10 hours on a piece you might be pricing yourself out. Mm, you might have to accept that if you're doing it this way, that that piece, if if you've spent an awfully long time on it, much longer than you thought you would, <laughs> that it's priced at such a level that it will take a while to sell. Oh, I like that, Natasha. You're optimistic it will sell. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got to be optimistic, haven't you? <laughs> what about the next question? Mates rates. Quite often find that friends expect free art. What do you think is a fair discount? Oh. <laughs> we, could, we could say put in their friends and family. Yeah. I find this really difficult because my I always have this desire to give them a discount. Friends and family, like close friends, for example. Whether you should or not is, is up for discussion. What do you think about this? I would say no, don't give a discount. Oh, okay. I mean, either give the work to them without any charge at all 
or just don't give a disc. <laughs> I just, I'd mm. rather like give them work as a gift than. Oh, okay. But that would be like family, I think. I don't know. Or, mm. But if they're your friends and family, then and they want to support you. Yeah, I think I find this interesting. This question quite often, I find that friends expect free art. Yeah. I mean, th- these people, your friends. Yeah. <laughs> They don't sound like they're being very supportive. Yeah, and you just end up, um, if you're working for a discounted rate, actually, it really does colour sometimes what you're doing as well. It can make you feel, like, quite bitter about it. And and talking from experience, you just end up, like, not enjoying doing it because you're, like, thinking, well, they're obviously not valuing the work I'm putting in and they're expecting it for a cheaper price. They're not really then understanding how much it is worth. And then, yeah, they're not seeing the real value of you. And then they might say to someone else, oh, yeah, she can do it for you for this price. I'll get a good price for you. I just, I don't think it's helpful or healthy um, for you or your relationship with that person. No, I think if they want to commission you or want to buy something, they should expect to be paying full price. And perhaps if you want to give them a little discount just because they're very, you know, they're a close family member or they're your friend, I would say just like 10% or something, just maybe knock a little bit off, but not a massive discount. I think that they shouldn't be really asking or expecting free art in the first place. No, yeah, I don't Mm. think that's a fair thing. And it should be your choice whether you give it. So we have an an interesting question here that I think you could answer a a lot better than me, Mel, which is about wholesale. And um, the person is asking, pricing for wholesale, which allows enough of a profit margin for yourself. How do you do that? Okay, so you need to make sure that you cover your material costs, you cover your time costs and any other costs (laughs) like overheads. But you've got to remember that the shop that is going to be buying from you at wholesale price will put up your cost by 2.5. So if I'm selling something to a shop for £4, they are going to charge £10 to their customer. So you will just be getting £4. But out of that £4, are you then making enough to cover your costs and a profit on top? Because if you're not, then it isn't worth doing it because you're basically, you wouldn't be able to pay yourself. So you've got to really think, is wholesaling going to work for you as a business model? Is it going to actually bring in enough money to pay your materials, your overhead, but also pay you a wage as well? I know for me, I did it for a lot, uh, about five or six years, I was using a wholesale model. And to be honest, it was more time and less I was hardly making anything on my products because of the amount of effort it was taking and because I guess the final RRP price to some people was still too expensive it just ended up meaning that I wasn't able to make enough to pay bills. Yeah I'm wondering why for example the shop has to put such a high price on the item because you're the one Um, who has made the item you're the one who's had to pay for the materials that the item is made from and it seems to me the shop is unfairly that they're earning more money from it than you are yeah yeah but then they'll they'll say that they've got to actually pay their bills you know their overheads 
yeah, they are they are earning more than you on it. It's a very difficult market sometimes to get right, and you may end up having to spend a lot to uh, launch these kind of things, you know, so that you 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 may have to manufacture a lot in order to actually get yeah. a profit, a reasonable profit margin. Yeah, I've often had people asking me whether I do wholesale, for example, when I did the prints, and I did supply a couple of small shops and galleries with some prints, but it never made me very much money, and so I just stopped offering wholesale, yeah. We've answered all the questions. I think I could have done with something like this when I first started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay, thanks so much, guys, for listening today. We have covered a lot of ground, I think. Uh, hopefully you can find some things that are, that of benefit to you, whether it's pricing for fine art or pricing for illustration. Make sure you check out the resources that we mentioned as well. And um, come and find us over on Instagram or YouTube. You can find us by just popping in creative underscore catch up. And we'd love to hear your comments or feedback on what we've talked about today. Okay, so hope you're well, guys, and we will speak to you again very soon.